Hello everyone, welcome to Screen Scream on Viola. We're going to enter the summer vacation blockbuster season, but before that, it's a good time to have some film festival episode. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about two new movies that went to film festivals and two blockbusters I'm pretty sure you've heard of. Without further ado, let's listen to the introduction of the first new movie we're going to talk about today. Sympathy of Lady Vengeance Wrongfully accused of child abduction and murder, the angelic-faced single mother, Yi Gumza, is released from prison after 13 long years, hell-bent on taking her sweat revenge on the man behind the hideous crime. Lee hatches an infallible plan of retribution with the help of her cellmates. However, planning is easier than doing. Now, as Igunza struggles to make amends with the daughter she was forced to give up, at the same time she finds herself torn between her insatiable thirst for vengeance and the desperate need for atonement. Can she have both? The first new movie we're going to talk about today is a Korean movie, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. And actually, it's not a new movie, it's a classic re-released. As we heard in the introduction, the stories about the protagonist Vengeance after she went out of the prison, she used to be very friendly to her cellmates, but after she got out of the prison, she put on this very cool and determined attitude for vengeance. She wants to find out the real culprit who set her up 13 years ago. Sympathy for Lady Vengeance is the last episode of Korean director Park Chan Woo's Revenge Trilogy. The first movie of the Revenge Trilogy talked about kidnapping, and the second one, which was Old Boy, talked about imprisonment. And this one, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, actually talks about repentance. The most interesting part about this movie is that since the protagonist isn't a criminal herself, she's very hardworking, modest, friendly, willing to help others, and that's the reason why her cellmates all call her the friendly Kunza. She's also very honest and disciplined, helping every cellmate she has. She even takes in some religion, prays for her god. Before she got into the prison, she was the beautiful Kunza. After she got into the prison, she's the friendly Kunza. Now she's the Kunza for vengeance. It's really a pity that I haven't seen any of director Park Chang Woo's movies. But that's also the best part of classic re-release, so that people who couldn't watch the movies at the time would be able to watch it now, especially we already know there are classics. So if you're interested in Korean movies, especially from director Park Chan Woo, or you're just interested in the best of the Revenge Trilogy, you can go watch Sympathy for a Lady Vengeance. And our second new movie today, which is also one that's nominated to some film festivals, is also not one from Hollywood. Let's listen to the introduction. The Blue Captain Halim and Mina run a traditional captain store in one of Morocco's oldest medinas. 
In order to keep up with demanding customers, they hire a talented young man as an apprentice. Slowly, Mina realizes how much her husband is moved by his presence. The second new movie is a Morocco movie. It talks about a crafton and a couple who loves each other very much. They insist on keeping their traditional craft. And just like what we heard in the introduction, that's the reason why when they knew that a young apprentice is willing to learn this craft, they're very happy. But also some ambiguous feelings between the apprentice and the husband also grow. The movie captured the suppressed love and lust with some poetic shooting styles. Instead of using some dramatic plot, the director used very restrained, clean, and tender steps to depict the touching story. Delicately describe the love between characters. This diverse and touching story not only got into the short list of international films at the Oscars, but also won the critics' award at Cannes Film Festival. The female protagonist was played by the leading actress in the classic Incendies. The Blue Captain was directed by Morocco director Marian Tuzani, and since now we have more and more LGBTQ plus films, the Blue Captain really is one that you can look forward to. You can either learn more about the craft in Morocco, but also get to know more about a hidden, suppressed, homosexual feeling. Especially, you know, maybe the shop owner still loves his wife. Maybe he's bisexual, we don't know. At least he has spent so many years with his wife. It must be really difficult for three of them. So either you're interested in Morocco movies, or you want to know more about the traditional crafts, or you're just interested in some LGBTQ plus films, The Blue Captain is a great choice for you. Before we move on to talk about some blockbusters, let's review what we had from last week first. Top 3 was the Super Mario Bros. movie, Top 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and Top 1 was Fast and Furious 10. Let's check out what we have from Top 7 to Top 4 first. Top 6, Blue Giant. The Super Mario Bros. movie. Oh, I got this. No corrupt. Top five. There are scary the things we don't understand. Our minds try to. Top four. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I love you, Miles. Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Back up. Oh, I thought we were boys. Well, we have several new faces on the charts this week. Blue Giant. I talked about it at newly released last week. The Boogeyman is a horror, so if I still have other choices, I wouldn't pick it. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, it's going to be released in Taiwan next week, so I think I will save it for next week. Today, I want to talk about Transformers Rise of the Beast. This episode is different from previous episodes. This time, they got a lot of A-list stars to audit for the characters. So unlike the previous episodes, this episode 
all the alien robots were dubbed by Hollywood superstars, including Ron Perlman, Peter Dinklage, Pete Davidson, Lisa Koshy, John DiMaggio, and Maggie Young, who just won the Oscars this year, and the old-time Optimus Prime, Peter Cullen. Besides the dubbing cast, what's so special about this episode is that they needed to create the beast-like Maximals. Maximals are actually pretty popular among fans, and the crew wanted to introduce them in the third episode. But I don't know why they still waited until the seventh to introduce Maximals, and because Maximals only appeared in 2D comics, it didn't appear in the cartoon series. Therefore, making a 3D version of that is the biggest challenge of the crew this time. The most difficult part is because it should feel like an animal, but at the same time, it's made of metal. So it has to have metal characteristics and the skin and fur at the same time. If you go watch Transformers: Rise of the Beast, you can tell whether they did a good job or not. Now let's move on to top three to top one. Top three: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I'm done running. Top two: Fast and Furious Ten. It's time to prepare for what's coming. You might want to buckle up. Top one, The Little Mermaid. She got legs, you idiot. Alright, top three to top ones are old friends. So I'd like to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I haven't talked about it for weeks, and I think it's time to give out some spoilers. So the reason why people think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is one of the best is that yes, Marvel hasn't done a great job recently, and the Guardians series has always been pretty good, but also it's really a good ending for a series. For example, the sense of danger. It's not just the sense of danger for characters; it's also the sense of danger for audiences, because from the beginning to the end, you always have the feeling that somebody's going to die, and the best part of it is that nobody really dies. Some people probably already saw one of the pictures of the movie and saw that Nebula holds Star Lord. It Feels like Star Lord dies, but actually he's just drunk, and that's the very first death scare of the movie. But then the person who actually has a death threat is Rocket Raccoon, and Rocket Raccoon-related plot is also one of the most touching plots in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What I personally like is that. If you've seen all of the Guardians of the Galaxy series, you will know that Rocket Raccoon never wants to admit that he's a raccoon, even if people call him something else—a rabbit, a rat, a squirrel, whatever. He would say he's not that thing. But what we see in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is that 
he really wants to know what he is, even though he went through this inhuman animal experiment. And after he realized that, oh, I am a raccoon, he proudly and confidently declared that my name is Rocky Raccoon. That thing was not only super cool but also very touching. I'm not sure if I cried at that scene or not because I did cry when I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. But I think that scene really touched a lot of fans' hearts. Aside from that, we really can tell in this episode that each character has their flaws, but they're willing to embrace them. And the friends that they treat as their family would also treat them well. This kind of love even extends to moviegoers. The time when we realize that, oh my god, I understand what Groot is talking about, is as touching. So Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is a really good goodbye. If you are a Marvel fan like me, I highly recommend you to watch this episode. You won't regret. And remember to tune in same time next week at Screen Screen. I'm Viola. See you next week.